South Sudan is renewing calls for domestic and foreign investors to take up available investment opportunities. The question for many is, where does one invest and how safe is their investment? Good morning, Africa. Welcome aboard your pulse and everything business in Africa. I am Ritha Dong. For more, follow us on Twitter at the K Financial and you can find me at Ritha Dong. Despite existing institutional weakness and challenges of governance and insecurity in the country, South Sudan is positioning itself to be able to attract domestic and foreign investors to take up available investment opportunities. Economic analyst Akol Dok speaks to us about the work ahead to turn the post-conflict state into an investment hub. Uh, thank you for having me. Uh, investment in South Sudan is a great opportunity, and especially for a post-conflict like South Sudan, it presents the opportunity to revive the economy and develop a strong growth trajectory towards economic and social development, which will also enhance the lives of the ordinary South Sudanese people. The South Sudan economy is heavily reliant on crude oil exports, and the oil sector is dominated by three major consortiums, uh, GPOC in Upper Nile State, GPOC in uh, Unity in uh, Ruling Administrative Area, and SPOC in Unity State. Uh, GPOC in Upper Nile State is producing the most oil in South Sudan. South Sudan wants to increase more investors by conducting a licensing round to attract investment for oil and gas. But South Sudan also is looking to diversify the economy by finding investment in agriculture, in mining, in tourism, and fisheries. These are key sectors that it's focusing on. And South Sudan is doing its best to attract investment for growth and development. So what are the key sectors that are investment ready in South Sudan? For South Sudan to attract investment, South Sudan, number one, must consider its political realities. It's a post-conflict state. It's uh, one of the most underdeveloped countries in the world. And also, it's a new country that, that lacks strong uh, institutions. And being a post-conflict state, South Sudan should focus on ways to attract investment, to revive the economy, and create jobs and opportunities for people who are in poverty right now. For South Sudan to do that, South Sudan should identify concrete projects and collect data. If South Sudan wishes to attract investment for the oil and gas sector, it should possess data and information about mining uh, reserves, oil reserves, and statistical analysis on how they can make profits for prospective investors. Number two, South Sudan should develop strong rules and regulations to ensure that investors are gaining returns and also that the assets of personnel and investments are protected within South Sudan. The biggest fear for most investors is that African countries, particularly countries like South Sudan, who are developing, countries like South Sudan, like Chad, uh, countries within these areas that are developing in our post-conflict, they possess a high investment risk. And f- in order for them to invest their money, there should be clear and concise protections. And these protections should be investment protections, trade protections, intellectual property, asset protections, and all these are necessary to con- encourage investments into South Sudan. And what should government focus on to create a competitive investment environment? The South Sudan agriculture sector has vast potential and South Sudan has the ability to be the food basket of the region and of all of Africa. South Sudan has the ability to produce key uh, crops such as uh, sorghum, maize, uh, rice, and uh, across the country there's opportunities for agricultural production but also agro-industry. South Sudan has uh, all the agricultural factories that are developed in the 50s and 60s that can be rehabilitated such as uh, sugar factories, uh, cotton factories, and rice schemes. Investment in agriculture should be a different approach. Number one, focusing on increasing production of agriculture. And this should be focusing on bringing in equipment and technology to increase agricultural yields. And this should focus on crops such as sorghum, 
uh, maize, vegetables, fruits, rice, and staple foods, which will ensure that South Sudan is producing enough. The second thing is industrialization, and this focus should be on adding value to agricultural products, and this include uh, uh, rice factories, uh, maize uh, milling plants, um, uh, sugar factories. These are key things that will also add value to the economy, but reduce South Sudan's reliance on food imports. That was a Coldoc economic analyst based in Juba, South Sudan. Quick review of the other stories making it into the podcast. In Kenya, wholesale price of sugar has jumped 23% for a 50-kilogram bag, marking one of the largest movements in recent days. The commodity is now selling at 6,200 Kenya shillings from 5,050 Kenya shillings last month, a move that will have an impact on consumers who are already grappling with an increase in the cost of other commodities. The increase is attributed to a shortage in the market caused by a disruption in production by factories in western Kenya. In August and September, several factories grappled with production hitches due to a breakdown of machines and shutdowns for routine maintenance. Shamalil and Kibos sugar mills broke down, leading to a huge backlog of cane to be processed, which has impacted on total stocks in the country. Closure of the factories left farmers stranded with over 14,000 tons of the crop drying on the farms, disrupting production of the commodity, hence creating a shortage in the market. Strapped Chinese real estate giant Evergrande is back in the news, and now they have raised around $145 million just before a deadline for a fresh debt interest payment. The company sold a 5.7% stake in media firm Hangten Networks Group, which produces films and television shows and also operates a streaming platform. Evergrande needs to make overdue interest payments of $148 million this week. It has so far avoided defaulting on its debts by making overdue payments just before the 30-day grace period expired. Evergrande owned a majority stake in Hengten at the beginning of this year, but has since made a number of share sales as it tries to raise money to meet its financial commitments. Apart from Hengten, Evergrande has also sold its UK-based electric motor-making business, Proaten, in the last week. It didn't say how much it earned from the sale of the company, which its Vaco manufacturing unit bought for $58 million in 2019. Evergrande's $300 billion debt mountain and the company's problems with making debt repayments has triggered fears that its potential collapse could send shockwaves through the global markets. And a look at the markets. The Uganda shilling gained further with more dollar inflows from remittance firms and offshores against subdued corporate demand. The shilling closed Tuesday session trading at 3530-3530, stronger than the day's opening of 3535 3545. Money markets were liquid with overnight funds averaging at 6.2%. The Bank of Uganda will hold a Treasury bill auction today worth 220 billion shillings. Given the liquidity in the system, the expectation is a decent participation from market players. At the end of the trading session on the Nairobi Securities Exchange, a total of 30,271,500 shares in 1,200 and 72 deals corresponding to a market value of Kenya shillings 974,892,582 shillings were traded. Compared with the previous trading day, today's data showed a 347% improvement in volume, a 531% improvement in turnover, and a 2% improvement in the deals. The current market capitalization of the Nairobi Securities Exchange stands at 2.6 trillion Kenya shillings. 
in the aggregate. 45 Nairobi Security Exchange equities participated in trading, ending with 17 gainers and 14 losers. Crown Paints led the gainers with a 5% share price appreciation, closing at 33.6 shillings per share, followed by Diamond Trust Bank Kenya that had a 4.35% appreciation in share price, BOC Gases Kenya that had a 3.77% appreciation in share price, and Equity Group Holdings that had a 2.99% appreciation in share price. On the losing side, WPP Scan Group came out last with an end-of-day price depreciation of 9.2% at 4.54 Kenya shillings per share, followed by East African Cables at a 7.25% depreciation and also Samir Africa at a 5.39% share price appreciation. Safaricom recorded the highest volume of 15.9 million traded shares. The benchmark NSE or share index gained 0.2 points to close at 171.03 and the NSE share index declined 1.07 points to close the day at 1934.83. Thank you for always waking up with us. Good Morning Africa is a product of the K Financial. And if you have suggestions or you want to check out more stories, visit our website. That is thekfinancial.com. And don't forget to subscribe. And you can also find us on all social media platforms at the K Financial. And you can find me on Twitter at with a dog.